fully carpeted, warmed up, like everything you can ask, because it is part of a hotel. Don't worry, Clara. And so we had a really good time. Uh, but they are a, a, an outreach group. They are growing. They are doing everything that should be done to the best of their ability. But they're nowhere as good as what we are. And guys, we got other people from Georgia today. They're going to take report back. We have to be good. So when I say something good, you're going to jump up and say, Preach it, brother! I'm waiting for this thing to stop making a noise because it's going to irritate me. It's, it's uh, Vaughn can't see between the lines there. <laughs> the screen's all cracked. Don't say sorry. Just practice restitution. Yeah, we go. James 2 and verse 17. The last couple of times that I've preached in uh, Brackenfell, I've spoken of grace. I mean faith. And this morning I want to speak about grace. It's the thing that goes together with faith. I've actually entitled this, Grace and Faith are Twins. They go together. They can't be on their own. They have to go together. In James 2 and verse 17, it says, So also, faith by itself, if it does not work, is dead. So if, if faith doesn't move us into action, in other words, if, if you believe, you have to receive. Unless it's not in the will of God. But when, when you believe God for something, you have to receive it. You, you have to, it has to happen. Not because you make it happen, but because God makes it happen. And we need to be trusting God for that. So if faith does not move us into action, it will eventually frustrate us. Instead of fulfilling us. And I, I don't know if you've had that in your life where you, you, you're trusting God for something and you're trying to make it happen in your own strength, in your own ability. That's not grace. But in our own strength, we will never achieve everything God has intended for us. So Ephesians 2 and verse 8, we read about faith and grace that are twins. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing, it is a gift of God. We receive grace by faith. Yes, Lord, Jesus died on the cross for me. It's not about my performance and me trying to be holy and do everything right. No, it's by the fact that I receive the fact that Jesus Christ died on the cross for us and He was raised from the dead and He is Lord in my life. That is received by faith but it's grace. You don't deserve it. You don't deserve grace. You don't deserve the fact that Jesus died for you. We, the Word says we were all born sinners. When you're born, you're a sinner. Some people you speak to sometimes, and uh, their parents were Anglicans, and you ask them, are oh, you a Christian? They say, yeah, I'm an Anglican. 
so, were you born again as an Anglican? No, my parents were Anglicans. So I'm an Anglican. That doesn't mean that you're saved. You can't buy it. Isn't that amazing? You can't buy grace. It's given by God. It's given. I hope you guys with the blankets are warm. Is there anyone that would have wanted a blanket that hasn't got one? Put your hand up and we'll make sure that you got one next week. <laughs> one. We normally put them at the front here and say, this is like grace, you see. We put them at the front here and say, anyone who needs a blanket? I said, no, that doesn't work. Take them to the door where the people come in and all the guests that come in, as they come in, give them a blanket. So sorry guys that are members here and have been around for a while. Great. There's, there's no grace for you. It's been given out. You can't live without it. Enabling grace, because that's what grace does. It enables you to live the life that you need to live to serve God. It enables you. It's not in your own strength. It's not in your own ability. Some of you might be thinking, what is, what is he talking about this morning? It enables you to enter in and have the resources that God has for us, the miracles that happen. You know, people come up here sometimes and they want prayer for, for healing. They want prayer for, for finances. They want prayer for all sorts of different things. And that's why we have them come up so that we can pray for them. The Word says lay hands on them. And so as we pray for them, things happen. But it's got nothing to do with the person that's praying. It's by grace. It's, by, it's, it's through faith that they are touched and God does something in their life. We cannot do it without God. You, I've, I've, be, I've been in church a long time. I've, I got saved, as Donnie said, I've, I've been uh, married for 39 years on Saturday. I actually forgot, and Donnie reminded me, thank goodness. I, I still got time, Patty says. <laughs> That's why we do them before in the church, just to keep guys out of trouble. Um, but I, I got saved three months before we got married. So I've been a Christian for 39 years. It's, it, it's a long time, and I've, I've seen things happen in churches. And I've been in churches where the people line up at the front, and then the guy comes and he puts his hand on them, and I'm sure it's not God, but they start doing this, and then they start pushing them over. That's not God. Sometimes it's God, but not often. Not often. I actually encourage people when they pray for others to actually, if, if you want to put your hands on them, ask them to put their hands out like that. And you can put your hands on their hands. There's no ways you can push them over. And so we need to open, our, we need to open ourselves to being vessels of the Lord. And, and sometimes I've prayed for people and I've, I've thought, this is a real waste of time. I don't feel anything. I can't see anything. And a week later, they come back and you say, you know what God did for me? It's God's grace. And all we need to do is trust that God is doing it. The amazing thing about grace 
is there's been a whole movement in, in the world today in certain churches that grace covers everything. You don't need to be born again. You just, if you will appropriate it, you are saved. And so, uh, for me, the word says in Jude 4, for certain people have crept in unnoticed. Did you creep in unnoticed this morning? Or did we see you? Who long ago were designated for this condemnation, ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into sensuality and deny our only Master and Lord, Jesus Christ. Grace is not a license to sin. Because you're living under grace doesn't mean you can do everything that you want to do or feel like doing. God has given us He's given us uh, uh, the fruits of the Spirit. He's given us His Holy Spirit that we do not have to participate in sin. There are those that they've misunderstand, they've misunderstood grace and they, they're making the mistake of thinking that they can do as they like. What am I talking about? I'm, I'm talking about when you watch TV. What are you watching when you watch TV? What is on Netflix or whatever you're watching? Because I, I want to say to you, once you're born again and the grace of God is in your life, when that stuff comes up on the screen, you immediately feel, oof, I shouldn't watch this, but you carry on watching. Speech. The way we speak and the words that we use. Lifestyle. How do you live? When people come to your house, what do they see? Imagine in Donnie's tiny little house, you would have shown everything that you didn't want others to know. Exaggeration. Guys, don't exaggerate. Exaggeration is making something worse or something better than it actually is. You've got a testimony and you want to share it, but you want it to really have a powerful impact. So you, you make yourself much worse than what you actually were before you were saved. Or you... There's something that you want people to know that you were really good at. And so you exaggerate and you make yourself better. I played professional soccer when I was a young guy. But I don't talk about it. No, because you want to... The, the, the thing is there to exaggerate. To, to make yourself better than what you were. Listen, I was very good. <laughs> But, 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 unfortunately, I've got a, an eyewitness. Yeah, she is very biased. 39, 39 years of marriage. Yo, what do you want for this wedding anniversary? <laughs> but guys, be, be careful. You know what? You might think that you're making the story bigger and it's going to have more impact. 
But in the spirit realm, that thing has been watered down because you are exaggerating. So after the meeting, you can come back to me and retell me your stories. <laughs> Patty's favorite one, gossip. Not that she likes to do it. The gossip she likes is holy, holy gossip. But guys, gossip breaks down. It does not build up. Be careful you don't find yourself in that. If people come to you with gossip, say, come, I will go with you to that person. So be careful. Grace is not a license to sin. Four things that happen when we are living under, under His enabling grace. The first thing in Romans 5 and verse 17, it says, For if by the trespass of one man, death reigned through one man. Speaking about Adam. How much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? So, we all died under Adam, but now we've come alive under grace as we've surrendered our life to Him. If you haven't surrendered your life to Him, you are not living under His grace because it's not a thing of performance. It's a thing of receiving what Jesus has done for us. So we overcome. We overcome by reign. We overcome or reigning by receiving. See the difference there? It's not by giving, it's by receiving. We've got to learn to receive God's grace. One John four nineteen it says, "We love because He first loved us." Some of us have this idea that we love God first. No, He loved us first. He loved us when Jesus Christ died. Actually, the word goes back even further. It says, before the foundation of the earth, Jesus died for us. I love David Pawson, and uh, I remember him speaking about John 3.16, because everyone quotes John 3.16. But he says that is actually past tense. John 3.16 means it's been done. And he will never do it again because of what he did on the cross. The grace of God enables us to be fruitful in life. Colossians 1.6 It says in the same way the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world just as it has been done among you since the day you heard it and truly understood God's grace. Fruitful. Guys, if you've got God's grace in your life, there needs to be fruit. Fruit in yourself and fruit in the lives of others as God has given you the ability to do. Fruitful in yourself and in others. Speaks of life and growth. Wherever the grace of God is, you can see it. There's life. People enjoy doing what they're doing. They, they're living because of the grace of God inside themselves. They're not doing it because they have to do it. 
You, you know the difference. If Wednesday night comes and it's time to go to Com, which I hope you all do. If you don't, put your hand up and someone will... Oh, this week it's, it's not Wednesday, it's Tuesday. And so, yeah, at the school. What else? Okay. At 7 o'clock. Can't we start earlier? Why not? We, not everyone has to be worshippers like we do it when we're ready. But anyway, fruitful speaks of life and growth. If, if you don't want to go to Com, because when you get there, when you leave, it's like, oh, that was heavy. No, there needs to be life. Even if we've asked you to do a teaching of some sort, take that and make it into life. Bring life. Let people live the way that God wants them to live. Christianity should be the place where everybody walks out of those doors with a smile on their face. Not walk out the back and it looks like we've sucked on a lemon. I can do that after I've preached. Sometimes I've, it feels like I walk past the fridge and the milk went sour. It speaks of neighborhood, nation. Guys, you know what? We can't make Brackenfell the only place we ever go to church because you are losing out on what God has got for you. It's fruitful. The next time we go somewhere else, say, hey, can I come with I don't only want the worship group. Sometimes I, I don't want the worship group to come with. I want people to just say, hey, I want to go this time. Because when I go into those congregations, I want to see what their worship group is like. And I can't do it if our guys are doing it every time because I know they're going to do it well and they're going to do it right. I actually want to see how they struggle. I, I want to see what's happening in the life of that congregation. Okay, Worcester next, the place of life. July the 23rd. Acts 20 and verse 32 says that grace builds you up. There are some scriptures that I'll give that you haven't got. Most important job in the church. That's your mom clapping. Let me tell you, have you ever worked at that AV and you get the wrong place in the worship and all the heads go? And you're like... Grace 20 and verse 32. Grace, no, it's grace. Acts 20 and verse 32, it says, Grace builds you up and gives you an inheritance. I got, I got this out of a, a dictionary. The definition of grace. It's goodwill. It's loving kindness. It's the favor of the merciful kindness by which God exerts His holy influence upon us. Isn't that great? God actually exerts His holy influence on our hearts. So all that dirty stuff, all that ugly stuff, he can help us to get rid of that stuff. It keeps us, it strengthens us, and it increases us. Grace 
Grace of God teaches us to say no to ungodliness. Titus 2 and verse 11 and 12. For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no. When you go to a party for the young people and for when you go to a party, all the adults, and the young people, they say, we're going to watch a movie. And then you sit down and they put the movie on. And it's like, oh no. We're going to find something else to do. Do you have the strength inside, not outside? If it's outside, I've actually got two bounces in this church. I've got Lapis and I've got Vaughan. <laughs> they actually have to duck underneath the door there. But do you have the strength inside to say, I'm not going to do this? You might be the only one, but you say, I'm not going to do this. I refuse to compromise in this area. I can see Tanya there. She's, she refuses, but Sean just watches. <laughs> you, you know what the problem in South Africa... You know what the problem... Okay. <laughs> do, you know, do you know what the problem is? We live in South Africa... We're prominent people. It appears even like the, the president, um, they haven't confirmed it yet, they, they sin. And so we find ourselves in the place of thinking, if they can do it, I can do it. If they can sin, why can't I cheat on the taxes? Just a quick one. But you know what? God has given us a fruit. To help us when we can't stop doing what we need to do. And when you leave, I've asked them to put the fruit outside the back door. And if you've got an addiction, the more fruit you eat, it's true. It's true. The more fruit that you eat, the less likely you are to sin. Do you know the name of that fruit? It's called self-control. Guys, you know what? We can't say, oh, we can't stop. No, God has given us self-control. He's given us the ability to overcome that thing that keeps defeating us all the time. It's fruit for addiction. Self-control. The other thing that is really great is if you work for somebody, the, the word says in 1 Corinthians 15, 10, by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them. Yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. So Paul's writing and he says, because of the grace of God, I can work even harder. When, when, when you 
are working for someone, you should be able to work harder than the next guy because you are filled with the grace of God, the ability to do what you need to do. Grace, uh, number five, grace strengthens. Hebrews 13.9, do not be carried away by all kinds of strange teachings. It is good for our hearts to be strengthened by grace. Strengthened by grace. You know what? When you are praying, you need to be asking God, God, fill me with your grace. I need more of your grace. I'm struggling in my own strength and my own ability. I need more. We need to allow our hearts to be strengthened. So I'm going to quickly just go through how do we receive grace. And then we're going to give the opportunity to come up and pray for you to be prayed for. How do we receive grace? The first thing is through faith. Jesus died for me. I've received it. It's not about positive thinking. Oh yes, that's going to be um, just confess something over and over. No, it's not that. It's about faith. Yes, Jesus, you did this thing for me. You died on the cross. Always go back to that place of Jesus, you died on the cross for me, but I remember that you're no longer on the cross. People walk around with Jesus on their chest and he's still on the cross. He's not there anymore. He's been resurrected. He's, he's seated at the right hand of the Father. A humble heart. Something I struggled with as a young Christian because it says in James 4 6 God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble I want to tell you guys you don't want God opposing you it's like trying to hold a bulldozer back and even that small a true revelation, number three, a true revelation of the character of God. 2 Peter 1, 2. May the grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of, our Jesus, and of Jesus our Lord. We need to know our Father. And there's only one place that you get to know Him. That's in His presence. It's not by chance. It's not by luck. It's by perseverance it's by pushing in it's taking a hold of what he has for you we need to know him we cannot allow the world the devil or even our family to distort our understanding of our father that's something i want to pray for today i i think there are people here today that uh, have a distorted view of God because of the way that they were treated by their father and don't think you're the only one there's more than one year I will hopefully Jenna doesn't stand up but this morning there there's a you know what even godly fathers I know I did with my sons my sons grew up before you were not allowed to discipline. And so there were times that I could be hard on them. And I've gone to them since then, and I've asked them, please, guys, 
forgive me. Because you know what? Your father represents God in your life. And it makes it very difficult to receive grace when your, when your picture of who God is is incorrect in your life. Some people had an absent father. He was never around. So they struggled to re respond to the fact that God is their father because he was never there. Maybe your dad was a person of power and influence. And so you got used to living under this dictator type of fatherhood. And this morning you're sitting there and saying, oh, this is not the father that I know. I really feel that God wants to, to come and help you be set free today. And I want to tell you that Don't allow, I don't know how to put it. Don't allow what your father is going to think of you now if you come forward. Because you know what? I was at a, a 412 meeting five or six years ago. And uh, Val... What's her name? McLennan. Val McLennan called me to the front. So I thought, wow, because like she gives prophetic words. I thought, here we go. <laughs> you know, I'm ready for this. And he called me up to the front. She called me up to the front. And Daniel was there as well. She called him up. And she began to speak about our relationship, which wasn't great. For others to hear it but then she began to pray and begin to come against that thing and I can honestly say it took from then it still took about a year for that thing to work its way out but me and Dan have an incredible relationship now so this morning if you feel that you have a wrong father picture. I wonder if you want to come up. Why don't we all stand up so that we... I want to say to you, don't think that you're dishonoring your father today. This is not about him. This is about you and your understanding of God, our Father. So I want to give you, please, bow your heads. That face that's looking down on you as it's smiling, as his arms open wide saying, come. Is there anyone like that this morning? Come up to the front. I want to pray for you. I'm not going to stop because I know there are people. 
Be courageous. Come. Why are the ladies always more courageous than the men? Like men are like, oof, I'm nothing wrong with my relationship. I had a wonderful father. I can't blame him. I, I can't say it, it was my father's fault. He wasn't a Christian, but he was just a, a really good father. But you know what? He died, and I believe unless God did something while he was laying on the road, he went to hell. So if you come up, let's pray that your fathers are in a good place, that they're living under the grace of God, that they can, even if their relationship is not good with you now, that it could change. Yes, Lord. Then the other folk that I want to come up besides them is if you're struggling, if you're feeling like, hey, this walk with God is hard and it's difficult, and you, which means you're not really living under the grace of God. You're not experiencing the life of God. You'll know because everything you do, it's, it's difficult. It's like your feet are in mud. And God is not there to, to uh, push you forward and lift you up so that you can live and be strengthened by the grace of God. I wonder if you want to just come up here, if, if you'd like us to pray for you. God, God wants to help you. He doesn't want you struggling. He wants you living in His grace. Any other people you feel like, hey, I, I need a, a big dollop of grace this morning. I'm going through a difficult time. I, I need God to help me. There, there's a situation in your life and you're thinking, hey, I need, I need a touch from God. I need Him to come and minister to me. Lord and then not lost and not least if you've never submitted your life to Jesus Christ if you've never said Lord I want you to come into my life today I want to experience the grace that you achieved for me when you died on the cross if there's anyone like that I wonder if you could lift your hand up I want to pray for you is there anyone like that Lord 
Guys, if you're not at the front praying or being prayed for, there is tea and coffee at the back. Don't, uh, I don't want to hold you and you're thinking, what am I going to do next? No, go over there. It's breaking the bread. Oh, sorry. We're going to break bread now. <laughs> I wonder if, uh, if you could come forward. There's... Uh, grape juice and some biscuit type things that you can break. We want to break bread together now because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. His body was broken that we could have life. His blood was shed that we could live under a new covenant and not an old covenant. trusting God when his body was broken and his blood was shed or poured out there were many things that were accomplished for us one of them was physical healing come this morning come this morning trusting God Lord I need physical healing from you I need mental healing from you I need spiritual healing this morning such a powerful act and Jesus said in the upper room break this bread because it's been broken like my body